What do you think? Bucks against this one in five Carolina team that feels like they're tanking for the number one pick. Uh, do you trust the Bucks to go out there and blow them out on the road? No, <laughs> no, I do not. I will not trust this team until they prove worthy of my trust. Man, what what is going on with Tom Brady and the Bucks? We'll try to answer that question here throughout the program. But first and foremost, it's the Bucks Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. We appreciate every listener we get, Luke, especially those that are probably just hate listening right now based on how this team is performing, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not been uh, not been a fun start to the season, right? We've seen some flashes here and there of potential, but woof. Sunday was, uh, Sunday was a gut check, and, and this week will be another one, right? There's, there's what happens when you read your press clippings, whether it's this year or going back to, to 2020 in the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know what this team is doing, but it's... It does not look good uh, right now, and uh, it looked pretty bad on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, we were talking about it before we came on. It's like as soon as you think a team has zero chance, that's when you know you're in trouble. And I think we all gave the Steelers no chance based on their injuries. We'll get into that game. I still can't believe the Bucks lost it. We'll try to break it down. We'll try to bring reason to the madness here. Uh, but that voice you just heard, of course, is Luke Easterling. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Bucks Wire. I'm Ryan O'Leary playing host. Our Twitter handles are in the description of this episode if you'd like to join the conversation. Uh, and with that, let's just jump right into the show. Uh, do the Bucks have a Brady problem, Luke? What do you think? Do they have a Brady problem? Expectations have not exactly met reality with Tom Brady in year three with the Bucks, have they? Yeah, I mean, they haven't. Um, and then, you know, I was telling you just before we came on that I'm, I'm working on a piece right now about the things that have just not gone to plan, right? It's There's a lot of things that this team was, was hoping and planning would be the case, and it starts in the offensive line. Because right now, going into the season, even after losing Ali Marpet to retirement, which was pretty unexpected, and, and you knew you probably weren't going to be able to keep both Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa, so you kept the better one in Jensen. You know, the Bucks were coming into this year after trading for Shaq Mason. They've got, you know, yeah, they've lost both their starting guards, but they brought back Jensen on a three-year deal. So you got your Pro Bowl center, Brady's right-hand man, and then you were going to have Aaron Stinney, who's been mostly a backup, but he started multiple games. He started through the whole playoff run and the Super Bowl run in 2020, so you know He's a, he's a known commodity, right? He's a guy that Brady has played with. He trusts he was going to be the starting left guard. And then you're going to have Mason on the right, who he played with in New England. And then you got Jensen in the middle, and you got the two tackles back. So everything was supposed to be pretty, if not you know, the same, very reliable. A lot of experience, a lot of known commodities up front. Instead, you have Jensen go down. You have Stinney go down. Second game of the preseason. Both of those guys are probably out for the year. Jensen, I know, it's kind of holding out some hope that he'll come back to the playoffs. But you know, you go from those guys to Luke Gedeke and Robert Hainsey, two guys who played right tackle exclusively in college, and now they're playing center and left guard and making their first NFL start ever in week one. That was not the plan, Ryan. So you start no, there, no. but then because they're playing so poorly, and you know this as well as anyone from, from watching the Patriots for so many years, if things aren't going well – you know, Brady's not a happy camper. And it's not that he's not unhappy with himself because he, he, you know, puts responsibility there as well. But you saw him lighten into the offensive line Sunday on, on the sideline, telling him, you know, you're, you're so much better than you're playing. And he knows that's the case for him as well. But I don't know, man, all this other stuff, you know, obviously the family stuff that, that is rumored to be going on, which I hate talking about and I don't even want to get into. But, you know, the retirement, the comeback, you know, the, the two weeks off in training camp. Now you're going to Bob Kraft's wedding on a Friday night. Maybe there, I think there was a, a walkthrough on Saturday morning that he might have missed and he couldn't travel with the team. 
again, if you're winning, nobody cares about any of that. Nobody asks, nobody minds because things are going well on the field. If you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to do and the winning is happening and the numbers are good and, and you look successful, nobody cares about any of that stuff. But when you look like the Bucks have looked for the first six weeks of this season, it's going to become an issue. It's going to become a topic. It's going to become a problem. And that's where we are right now. The Bucks went into Pittsburgh with every reason to just walk all over them. And they didn't. They got beat. And they looked like a team who was not, not just physically beaten, but just mentally not prepared to go in there and beat a well-coached team. Again, Mike Tomlin is, is maybe the most underrated head coach in the league. I don't know how. He's the third winningest head coach in the league right now. But, you know, that team was prepared to win a football game. And the Bucks were prepared to go in there and not have to try, it looks like. So, you know, I, I think the problem is bigger than Brady. But unfortunately, again, when you're not performing well and things are not going to, to expectations, all these little things are going to add up and people are going to start asking, you know, is this, is this a guy that's fully committed to doing what it takes this year? And if not, why did he come back? Yeah, no, it's a great point. The commitment piece is, is the great point because, like, <laughs> you, you only score 18 points against the Steelers team that we knew TJ Watt would be out. Minka Fitzpatrick was inactive. Basically, their entire starting secondary was inactive. Uh, and I just thought going in, Luke, I mean, I'm queuing up my daily fantasy lineups. I'm picking the Bucks and Survivor. I, I just thought the Bucks were going to roast this team. And you came up with 18 points, 18 you're 20th in the league in points per game at 20.2. That that means you're the Giants right now. You know, you're the Giants. Ryan, you can't score. Ryan Suckup is the team MVP Jeez. right now. Come on, man. It's not good. They're scoring at a 50% clip in the red zone. Do I have that right? It's like terrible in the red zone. They're among the worst yep. in the league at that. Uh, you were 65.8% in 2021, second in the, in the NFL, only to Buffalo uh, last year. So that's how far it's come down. And like, you still got your, your guy. You know, the offensive line has changed, but you still got Chris Godwin out. You got Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans. You got Lenny Fournette. Like, it should not be this bad. And yeah, you you kind of mentioned the timeline a little bit, Luca. It's it's hard not to look at it. Like, retiring, kind of leaving the team twisting at quarterback for a little while. And like, is he going to come back? Like, guys, what's going on? 40 days later, yeah, I changed my mind. I'm coming back. And then, yeah, you mentioned that. The, the 11 days off during training camp because, well, I'm 45 and there's a lot of bleep going on, Tom said, with this miserable look on his face, right? And that kind of maybe maybe that goes to all the family rumors. I don't know. I don't think we should get into that either, Luke. But uh, we learned about a month ago, too, that he's getting rest days. I don't know if it's every single Wednesday, but he's definitely getting more time off during the week. So he's missing missing more practices, missing reps. Uh, and yeah, the, the stuff Friday night with Robert Kraft's wedding, not traveling with the team, meeting them there. I don't know. It's just like when you're not executing at a high clip and you, and you sit there in the post game saying, we got to execute better. We got to execute better. We got to execute better. Well, you're not taking as many reps, Tom. You're not with the team as much. You're not as invested as you've been. Like, I look at this and I and I look at his body language and how he looks and sounds, Luke, and I, it brings me back to 2019. I brought this up plenty of times. This is his last year with the Patriots when he was, the Patriots were like 8-0 or something, and he was miserable. And you could just tell, okay, oh, dude, he's out. He's, he's gone. He's either retiring or he's going to move on. And I don't think that he's going to move on to another team because, like, you got, again, you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans, you got Todd Bowles, you got Byron Leftwich, all these guys that you respect. You've already won a Super Bowl here. Like, why would you go start over? I don't think he's going to do that. But it's like, maybe he looks like a guy that is nearing the end to me, Luke, because this is giving me 2019 vibes all over again. I, I don't like it at all. And it's the commitment piece, I think, is a real concern right now. Like, why is he... He's missing practice. He's not with the team as much. This is, like, this is a fact, Right. Hopefully that changes. Hopefully he kind of gets rejuvenated here because I miss Tommy and Gronky with the feet in the kiddie pool. That's what I mean. The giggles, right? And the the weird 
little videos that get posted on social media after wins with him and Gronk near the bus. Like, does he just miss his buddy? Like, what the hell, Luke? Like, we got to get Brady back. Like, fiery, passionate Brady and not like moping, like miserable Brady. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And again, you know, the injuries weren't limited to the offensive line either. The continuity of receivers been just as bad. I mean, Sunday was the first time he had both Godwin and Evans and Russell Gage somewhat healthy. Julio was missing again, but you know, Russell Gage missed almost all of training camp with a hamstring injury. So there's all those reps gone. He's just now starting to kind of build up a rapport with Brady over the last few weeks that they're finally able to play together. But some of it is also play calling. Like, how in the world does Mike Evans get four targets against that defense? Not against good that for, secondary? Not that, good for my daily fantasy all day long, <laughs> all their, Yeah, exactly. Oh, they were playing quarters. I don't care. It's Mike Evans against who? throw the football no one, up in yeah. the air and he can go get it. Like, I don't want to hear they were doubling. I, I don't care. He's a Hall of Famer. Throw him the ball. Like, there's no excuse. He had one target in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. They were losing most of that. It's not all that time. So, like, there's just so much going on that is working against this team. And you mentioned we talked about the Gronk presence last week as, as, a, as a blocker, as a, as a receiver, but also just as a, as a presence in the locker room. Byron Leftwich talked about this a lot last year. He just keeps things so light in the locker room. He's so fun and not in like a cheap way. He's genuinely that dude. Like Gronk always kept things, you know, at this really altruistic, like happy-go-lucky. He's literally just a kid that's lucky to play this game kind of thing. And that rubs off on guys, right? That's, that's, that's infectious in the locker room. Yes. And I feel like it's not a, a coincidence that that is missing both on and off the field and that Tom looks so miserable, right? So – I think he misses Gronk as a player. I think he misses him as a teammate like the rest of the team does. And there's just, it's kind of, it feels like a perfect storm of problems that this team is dealing with right now. We're just talking about the offense. Right. (laughs) One of some of the biggest problems we saw Sunday were the defense, the communication, the mental errors. My God, just so much. And that's, I think, what led to, and I know we're going to get to this a a little bit ago, some of the words from Todd Bowles after that game were very specifically chosen and very pointed towards people who, are, are not not invested mentally enough into winning football games right now, and that's why they're 3-3. Three three. Yeah, I mean, it almost happened against Atlanta, Luke. And then yeah. it basically did happen against Pittsburgh. Like, there's 438. The Bucks don't get the two-point conversion. Fine. There's 438, and it's Mitch Trubisky. Like, we're going to get the ball back. Yeah. And, and then they fumble the snap. I, exactly. It's third and 15. You give up a third and 15 and then a third and 11 to Mitch Trubisky and let him run you all 438 out? To win. Holy crap. Yeah. We don't see that a lot with the Bucks, right? We don't see usually it's one side will pick up the other. If the defense has an off day, Brady scores thirty. Yep. If if the offense sucks, like like they always do against the Saints or something, right? Like the defense will will keep you in it. You don't usually see both sides fall apart. That's why I think I'm so concerned right now. It's like it's weird to see them play that poorly on both sides of the ball and and get beat by a team that they really should, had no business losing to, Luke, even on the road. It's true, man. And again, like I I think it all comes back to. The, the mental toughness. This team has got to prove that they can go out and play sound four-quarter football on both sides of the ball before anybody should believe in them at all. Again, this is they lost to a team that gave up 31 points to Buffalo in the first half. <laughs> and so if you're With looking for whether or not... Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're looking for a, a measuring stick for where this team is compared to where they were expected to be at the beginning of the season, that, that's who you're talking about. Buffalo... You know, those teams that they're, they're supposed to be on the same level with in, in, in you know, on the NFC side of things, watch what Buffalo did to Pittsburgh and then go look at how much the Bucks struggled against a worse Steelers team 
and you'll see just how far the Bucks are away from being the type of contender we, we thought they would be. Yep, check out Bucks Wire. Luke has an article up there. I think this week it was titled "The Bucks Are a Long Way from the Super Bowl," and that's that. Truer words have not been spoken. We got a long way to go. Got a get right game, hopefully against Carolina this week. We'll get into that, and yes, more on Todd Bowles' comments and just the makeup of this team. We'll get into all that right after this. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Ori Benini with the Huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number seven. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Tennessee Titans. Regardless of what happens with this banged up backfield, the smartest way to attack this vulnerable defense is through the air. Ryan evidenced this in week four by logging 359 yards, two touchdowns, and 25.4 fantasy points. The Titans have surrendered at least 317 passing yards in four straight games, and every quarterback to face this defense has tossed at least two touchdown passes. No quarterback has thrown more than one interception in this time. Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt at the Baltimore Ravens. This matchup favors pass-catching backs far more than it does those who make their living on the ground, like Hunt's backfield mate Nick Chubb. This is the number six opponent for receptions allowed and number eight for aerial gains over the past five weeks, though none of the 28 total catches since week one found the end zone. The downside here is that Hunt has no more than three catches in five straight games, including none last week, and he topped out at four grabs for 24 yards and a touchdown back in week one. He's somewhat risky, but the upside's tremendous. Wide receiver DJ Moore versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, quarterback PJ Walker steps into the starting lineup this week, and he has a small sample size of targeting Moore. In Walker's 2020 start, he threw 31 times, sending 11 Moore's direction, and the duo connected on 7 of them for 127 yards to pace the team in targets and yardage. Last week, 6 of Moore's targets came from Walker. Tampa's given up the 10th most catches per game to wide receivers in the last 5 weeks, and the position has averaged a touchdown per game over that time. Gerald Everett, Los Angeles Chargers versus Seattle Seahawks. Despite seeing seven looks in week six, Everett's second highest total on the year, it produced only 29 yards on five receptions. While it looks like LA will get Keenan Allen back on the field this week, there's a silver lining here to be found in the matchup itself as Everett's former boss has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends in the last five weeks. No team has given up more yardage and this is the third best opponent to face for the odds of scoring a touchdown. Like Kareem Hunt, he's risky, but there's definitely upside at play here. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, it's our questions of the week uh, portion of the program. Three questions for Luke. Let's jump right in. Number one, Luke, the Bucks have not gotten great returns from their uh, free agent class this year at all, right? You mentioned Julio. He's now missed, I think, four games. Akeem Hicks, he was supposed to help. He's injured. It doesn't sound like he's improving. We're probably hoping to have him back soon, but I don't, I don't know. You can maybe update us on that. Luke, uh, Logan Ryan, he now needs foot surgery. Kyle Rudolph, I don't know. I wasn't that excited about that signing anyway, but he's been a healthy scratch most weeks. And you mentioned Gage. I mean, hamstrings. It's just the same old stuff with Gage. This is just followed him to the box, right? I mean, he's just underwhelming, and he has been this season. So what do you think about this entire group? Is there a free agent that the Bucks brought in that you had high hopes for that's been the most disappointing at this point in the year? Like, what do you think? 
I mean, it's a really tight battle, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yes, I feel like yeah. I, it's hard to pick a winner because everybody you just mentioned has been equally disappointing up to this point. And again, the, you know, Gage was probably the one, you know, he's got the highest price tag. So I think that would probably be the most disappointing, even though he's, he started to come on. He started to make some plays and again. Now that he's finally got some reps with Brady and, and has some chemistry, I think they're working it out. But I mean, unfortunately, man, this is the this is what happens when most of the guys you sign are thirty plus. You know, I mean, you brought in a bunch of aging veterans to to provide experience and communication and, and leadership and all this stuff. But the problem is, when you do that, the risk on the backside is that they're going to break down. So, you know, the fact that all these guys have dealt with injuries previous in their career before, so none of us are surprised by these things. But you were hoping that not all of them would get hurt all at the same time and for <laughs> a long period of time. So, and Rudolph is really the only exception. But again, he hasn't. The, the biggest thing with Rudolph is he doesn't play special teams. So, if you have two rookies in Kate Otten, who is a better athlete, a better blocker, and at this point in his career, a better receiver than Rudolph is, and he plays special teams, and you got Coquif, who's a sixth round rookie, but he's basically like another a fullback and another offensive lineman. He's been great in terms of what they can do and moving him around in the formations. So he also played special teams. He had two special teams tackles on Sunday, one of the best players on the field. So you're not going to put Rudolph in the game if he's not going to play, make an impact on special teams and he's not going to be better than what those guys are giving you as a blocker and a receiver separately. So I don't know, man. I, I don't. I think maybe just overall the class and maybe the strategy, which again, you're kind of hamstrung because you don't have any money, right? You have to take as many economical deals as you can and hope that they can stay healthy and give you something on the field. This is unfortunately what happens when that backfires. And I think just the whole class at this point, has been a huge disappointment. Is it just Brady going into Jason Light's office, Luke, and being like, hey, hey, we got to we got to get my guys. But they're all like old. <laughs> no, they're all like these are all the guys Brady loves. Like they're all at the back end of their career. Like, oh, no, he's got Julio's got something left. He's not going to keep getting hurt. I promise, Jason. Let's go. Let's go get him. You know, it feels like Brady's bringing might, in the old guys. Yeah, that might be part of it. But again, that's, you know, the Bucks have a very, very, very good front office and a lot of very smart people who crunch the numbers and, and work out that, you know, trying to find the best bang for your buck, right? And and make sure you can get players who can contribute and make an impact for as, as cheap as possible. And again, you just, just like with the offensive line thing, you can't plan for the injuries. And, and when they happen in, in, in buckets like this, it's just hard to, to change course. Well, you mentioned Cade Otten as a receiver, and we just came out of a break where Corey Bonini of the Huddle dot uh, com gave us his fantasy plays of the week. Uh, here's the question number two for you, Luke: um, Which Bucks player do you like most as a sleeper in fantasy over the second half of like the fantasy portion of the regular season? Right, because you know by December we're in the fantasy playoffs, I think. So over this next half of the season here, this next chunk of, of weeks, Cade Otten or Rashad White. Which Bucks player would you say go on the waivers if if they're there, pick them up, and you might get some returns from these? You might actually be able to play these guys as a sleeper later in the season. It's it's tough. It's tough to choose because I love both of these guys. I think that Rashad White is least likely to be available in your league because if any if anybody has Lenny, they probably have Rashad White as a handcuff, especially after some of the the workload we've seen from him over the first six weeks of the season. He's clearly going to be a part of this offense, if only to keep Lenny fresh for later in the season. Um, and he can play on all three downs. He can carry the ball. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can pass block. Um, so I think more, more, it's more likely that Rashad White is already taken in your league. And I think that's partly the reason I'll take Kate Otten here. And part of it is because 
he is clearly earning Tom Brady's trust. Tom Brady went to him multiple times on Sunday in key third down situations. Um, one of them, he made a great catch. The other one, it was kind of battered away at the last second. Um, but he's going to him when he need, you know, when when the, the kind of the play is on the line, the game is on the line, the drive is on the line, and that that tells me something. Not to mention Cameron Brake situation, man. Cameron Brake yeah, concussion tough, two tough. weeks ago, neck sprain this week. You know, he's in his thirties at that point in his career. Where like, if this keeps happening in terms of head neck injuries, that's that's the universe telling you it's time to go. Um, and and I hate that for Cam Bray because he's been one of my favorite favorite players to cover throughout his time. I mean, again, undrafted free agent from Harvard. Watching him in training camp back in the day, staying on the field late with Mike Glennon, just catching passes, hoping to to, to earn a roster spot. Uh, to go from that guy to being the number three all time in touchdown catches in Bucks history, I think behind Mike Evans and I think maybe. Maybe Mike Allstott. I don't know. You know, he's he's on that list and very high up because uh, he's been a very valuable contributor for this team through through every coaching change. He's played for like five different head coaches. It's ridiculous. Um, so I hate to see him go, but the, you know, you worry at this point that those injuries are just going to be too much. So we don't know when we're going to see K, uh, you know Cameron Braid again and with Kyle Rudolph again, not just not bringing any value on special teams. Kate Otten feels like the guy who's who's on the upswing as a pass catcher. He's earning Tom Brady's trust. And again, I think he's going to have a lot more of an opportunity with Cam Brady out um, and Kyle Rudolph just not contributing on special teams. So, you know, quality tight ends in fantasy are few and far in between. Definitely. But it, it feels like Kate Otten has a chance to, to really make, make a difference down the stretch. Yep, you just stole what I was going to say. When, you know, uh, I think, you know, you're more likely to throw Otten in your tight end spot uh, and hope for like a sleeper performance than you are right. probably you probably have better flex options than Rashad White and White's probably going in your flex if he's going anywhere. So yeah, I think I think Otten's the answer. Um, I like this kid, Luke. He's good. He's good. I'm 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 in. I'm in on Kate Otten. I'm jumping on that train. I like him. I think he's got, I'm telling he's you, man, be a my, my my dynasty league that I have like right after our draft was over, our rookie draft, I went on waivers and just took every <laughs> rookie tight end I could. Yeah. And almost all of them. Jelani Woods, Greg Dulcich, now that he's finally playing, Kate Otten and Daniel Bellinger from the Giants have all caught touchdowns or all had really great like games and seasons so far. And I'm I'm stoked about the uh, the use I have at tight end on that season. Yeah, I wish I had Otten, man. I, I did the same thing because I had basically no tight end on my dynasty team. And I drafted yep. Trey McBride and I picked up Bellinger and I picked up uh, Dulcich. And uh, I did not pick up Kate Otten and I don't believe he's available. So I was upset i did a couple weeks ago i went on the waivers i'm like i gotta pick up this otten kid and he's he's uh, taken so uh unfortunate but yeah i'm rooting for the kid nonetheless uh question number three we kind of teased this one earlier uh i do like a todd bowles presser he doesn't parse his words luke he'll and he'll give it to the reporters if they ask dumb questions i think you probably know what i'm talking about there he really uh, doesn't get enough credit for yeah. how great his presses are people think he's boring he's not he's no no funny and he is very very cutting tells it like it is and that's what i like i like straight shooters um now he did say that Bucks players, you know, living off the Super Bowl are, are living in a fantasy land. I kind of like that. Uh, another thing he said is that the Bucks have a toughness problem. This kind of goes back to that Brady conversation we had, right? Do you do you agree, Luke? Do you agree uh, that the Bucks have a toughness problem? And what is that, right? Like that to me, it doesn't feel like it's a physical thing when you, when you talk about toughness on a football team. All these guys are like ridiculous athletes. They're all tough, like whatever. When you're saying that you have a toughness problem, that goes that's more between the ears, right? That's leadership. That's coaching. Like that's that, right? So if that's the case and you agree with uh Bowles, like how do you fix it? Right? Is that like 
is that a guy like Brady stepping up or somebody else stepping up, uh, you know, or is that trying to find like a tone setting guy at the trade deadline that can give you a spark? Like, how do you fix a toughness problem uh, that Todd Bowles has been talking about this week? I mean, that, that was a, those things were clear messages to, to specific people, I think. And I think the first one about the Super Bowl, it's hard not to feel like that was about Devin White. Um, I love Devin White. I think he's an, an incredible athlete and an incredible player at times. But, I mean, he had two very specific mental errors in that game that, that led to directly to points. The Najee Harris touchdown catch was all on him. He completely got lost and just let him go while he's just staring at the, at the quarterback doing nothing. And then you had the roughing the passer penalty. It's completely unnecessary that turned, you know, what would have been a punt or a field goal into a, a longer drive. And I mean, Devin White feels like the guy that we've seen flashes from, but he has never been the player we saw in the playoffs in 2020 in any other part of his career. He, we've seen stretches of it. We've seen those three or four game stretches or those games where he takes over and he's got two and a half, three sacks and 13 tackles and an interception. Like we've seen games like that. And, and I pissed off a lot of Bucks fans on Twitter on Sunday talking about this because a lot of people are like, oh, man, he's a top five linebacker. He can be. He has been in at times. But he's just not that guy every play and every game, and you can't do that. I think, honestly, the most telling thing is I tweeted about this, about how he needed to be more consistent. That tweet was liked by Quan Alexander, <laughs> who played with Devin White here in Tampa for a year, played that position, played linebacker. So, a veteran guy being able to see that as well and see that this guy has got to live up to that potential. And it just does feel like he's living off that, that high from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And, and the, the leadership thing, it, it's, it, you know, the toughness thing is a mental toughness thing, and it is about the leadership. Think about what's not in that locker room this year. And Dominican Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, we talked about Rob Gronkowski already, yep. um, Ali Marpet, you know, so many instrumental leaders that have been on this team for a long time and were on that Super Bowl team, but were part of that glue that held that locker room together. There's a void right now. And I'm not saying there aren't guys there that should be filling it. Mike Evans, Levante David, Tom Brady, obviously, right? These guys are your captains. These guys are your veteran leaders. The job is not getting done right now. I don't know who needs to step up. I don't know who needs to have the conversation or the players only meeting or whatever, but there's no excuse for, a locker room that still has the guys in it that it does right now for this to be a problem. And somebody needs to step up and, and, and fix it. Well, interesting commentary right there from you, Luke. And, and I'm, I'm interested on this next topic, Bucks Panthers. Is this a get right game? Do you trust the Bucks to cover a monster spread on the road? I'm going to, I'm going to tease that. We'll get your take on it right after our guys over at the bet slip podcast. Give us a play of the week. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check out our sportsbook provider, uh, Typico Sportsbook. All odds are presented by Typico. Typico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader, and they're live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Typico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app, New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. You can get your welcome bonus at usabet.com slash podcast. All right, on to our game of the week. It is Chiefs at 49ers. The 49ers, again, three and a half points at home. 
the uh, the Forty Niners are three and one against the spread since twenty twenty as a home underdog, and this is a great buy low spot after they lost to the Falcons. They're number one in sack percentage and number two in opponents passing yards per game, going against one of the most lethal offenses in the Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs. Give me the Forty Niners to cover here. That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Luke. Bucks Panthers. This has to be a get right game. If the game against Pittsburgh wasn't a get right game, this has to be right. The Panthers, they're tearing it down. They fired Matt Rule. We have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. The Bucks, yeah, they're on the road, but again, but they're they're ten and a half point favorites on the typical sports book. Uh, it's an interesting line though because it's hard to trust this Bucks team to beat anybody by more than ten points right now. For being honest, because of everything we've been talking about in the show. So, what do you think? Bucks against this one in five Carolina team that feels like they're tanking for the number one pick. Uh, do you trust the Bucks to go out there and blow them out on the road? No, <laughs> no, I do not. I will not trust this team until they prove worthy of my trust. Um, not at all, man. I, I again, last week was supposed to be a get right game. It was a get wrong game, and it's yeah, about was get, to get real wrong on Sunday if they don't come out and, and do what they're supposed to do, the Carolina Panthers, who are obviously in rebuild, tank, whatever mode. Um, I mean, they've got to do it, right? But but again, if you're talking about putting money on this, I'm not putting money anywhere near the Tampa Bay Buccaneers until they go out and show me that they are going to play to the level that they are capable of. That's, that's, that's not smart money to me, and I will have to believe it to see it. So to be clear here, you're just not touching this with a 10-foot pole. Like You're not going to bet the Panthers sure. at 10 and a half. No, no, I don't want any part of this until I see what, what's going to happen on the field. I'll, I'll save my money for another week. So your precious betting units are, are, not, are, not, are not being placed. I, I like that, Luke. That's a good take. It's like, no, we're just, no. The Bucks. until you play like a, a representative hey, football program. you know when to program. hold them and know when to yeah, fold them, Exactly, baby. we're folding them. <laughs> we're folding them. Uh, are you worried at all about this game? Is there anything about the Panthers that worry you? I mean, they do have, like, Brian Burns. They do have a pass rush. Uh, yeah, and we were talking about really the defense. Yeah, Brown, they got they got a really good defense. They gave the Rams some issues last week before the Rams pulled away. So you know what hap- Like what has to happen for the Bucks to like actually struggle against this team? Because I'm trying to stop myself from going all in Tampa Bay like I was last week. I just didn't think Pittsburgh had any chance of beating them. I couldn't fathom it, especially when we saw the inactives. I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. And they lost. So I'm not going to let myself do that again, Luke. I I always tell myself it's a week to week league. You can't do that you can't just it's anything is possible in the nfl you can't do that so i'm trying to keep myself from it and i feel that way against carolina they're just they're one in five like who's playing quarterback i don't know pj walker is walker back in okay so walker's back in but it's like come on man like give me something give me something like what would have to happen for the bucks to like actually struggle in this thing do you think it's possible that they could we could continue to see this friggin' team like slogging through the mud again I just I haven't seen them be able to get up for a game they're supposed to win, and that's been the problem, right? Go yeah. back to 2020. When you went to Detroit, played the Lions. They were up 31 nothing at halftime for Brady out of the game. Like that's what this should be on Sunday. But based on what we saw in Pittsburgh, I just can't believe it, right? Because again, you had the the Bucks for some reason cannot play defense against quarterbacks that suck. 
I don't understand it. Go back to Trevor <laughs> Simeon and God yes. knows who else. There's like, go ask any Bucks fan. And like, there's a long and storied history of if you are playing Taylor Heineke in the playoffs, right? Almost lost that playoff game because Taylor Heineke yes. played so well. Like, there's just the Bucks have no business allowing the types of performances they do from the quarterbacks that they do. So the fact that, like, the more obscure your starting quarterback is, the more worried I get when they play the Bucks. Okay, I'd rather face Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes most days than friggin' PJ Walker and Mitch Trubisky, and that's just the dumbest thing in the world. But it's how I feel. Like, because I don't know, it's got to be a mental thing. Like when they know they're facing Josh Allen. They're up, right? And they they know they've got to be on their game and they know they've got to be psyched up. But when they go in there and they see P.J. Walker, they're like, eh, I can probably get by with 75%. Well, last week should hopefully put that to bed and prove to you that you cannot do this. This is the National Football League, and everybody is capable of beating your ass every week if you are not ready mentally. So, again, if it goes wrong, it's because, again, the, the Panthers have playmakers on defense. They have interior and exterior pressure. Uh, on the on the edge with Brian Burns, on the inside with Derek Brown. They've got J.C. Horn at corner. They've got some corners and, and DBs. I know they're a little bit banged up in the secondary too, but you know they've got playmakers on defense, and they've got Christian McCaffrey. Like They've got D.J. Moore, so like it's not like they don't have weapons on offense. They should tee off on that offensive line, but they should have done it last week against Pittsburgh too because their offensive line sucks, and they couldn't do it. So, uh, again, it, it, it's – it's far easier for me to believe that they will struggle this week because I watched them do it on Sunday than it would have been if they had handled business last week. So I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a big surprise, right? <laughs> what are we going to get? Are we going to get the Bucks the way they should be? Or are we going to get last week's whatever that was? It's pain, man. It's a loser's mentality if, you, if you're not. I mean, that's been Brady's MO his whole career. Like he's been the six-round pick that never takes, you know, days off and, and never takes an opponent for granted and just beats up on bad teams and his team kind of follows suit, right? It, it's weird to see them not getting up. And yeah, you're so right. Like Mitch Joe Montana Trubisky last week couldn't stop Mitch Trubisky when he comes he comes in the game Mitch and Trubisky killed us. Threw six touchdowns Come in on. a game in his rookie season against the Bucks. Oh my way. gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what that's a point that was. That was a great point, Luke, that he made. <laughs> these these quarterbacks. So look out for PJ Walker. He's gonna be Lamar Jackson in this ballgame. He is. Like, look out. So uh yeah. So I don't know. I look at the coaching, it should be a mismatch in the Bucks' favor. The talent should be on the Bucks side. Again, the Panthers are kind of reeling. They're one and five. Uh, you you should you you probably should think the Bucks will handle their business even against the spread here. But again, we're not. I don't think we're we're trusting our yes. precious betting units. Even on this just game. reverse psychology, I'm not touching this game because <laughs> then hopefully that like that'll work and they'll just drop a fifty burger on them. That'll be great. Fair enough. Again, that's Luke Easterling of the Bucks Wire. Make sure you're checking his stuff out um, on the site. He he and his crew do uh, fantastic work. Uh, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Again, if you if you haven't subscribed yet. Please do let people know about the show and we'll be back next week. And oh man, Luke, hopefully it's a, it's a different tone, a different tone than we're used to having be. on the show. Right. Yeah. yeah better been, be. I haven't had a lot of adversity with the bucks, uh, but this, this is about as rough a stretch as we've had. It has, yeah. man. Uh, this is a, we're in a different spot here. So we'll see what our tone is like next year, uh, next week after bucks Panthers. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast.
We'll see you again next week.